Welcome to the I Want More Comics Podcast, episode 38. I'm Richie. I'm John. I'm Zach. Oh, boom! Look at that! Changed it up. I know. That's still weird I spot. like that. With that sweet, sweet change up, let's go to the news. Yes, and in the news, we have a couple of things that we would like to talk about. Um, that are newsworthy. That are newsworthy. That's One, why we did it in the news. In the news today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, how's the weather today? It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. It's uh, so, a fish. So, <laughs> well, one of the things that we want to talk about is something called Dink. Yes. And what does that mean? Let's pass it over to Sean at the weather desk. I'm going to talk Sean about it. No, Sean is not talking gonna, about nothing. Sean's going to talk about This is like the Sean yeah. episode. It's going to be a Sean Why episode is Sean? It's great. Sean does not want to play with you. Sean's not bad. here right now. <laughs> so what is Dink and uh, what... what Dink is a local, a local showcase for um, artists, but it's not exactly just totally local. It's international, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I actually can't remember what Dink stands for. It's like Denver International... Um, look that up. You have a computer. <laughs> I got it. You keep going. Okay. So Dink is, um, it's a local show put together, but proud they have, yeah, we are, well, we're proud sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> so it's put together, um, to showcase local talent and have international guests come in and it's, it's like a little con for independent publishers, basically. Correct. Yeah. It's an independent so, comic book show. Yeah. Independent comic book show. So you'll, you will get a lot of creators and artists, writers from all over the place that are going to come in like their, their big showcase talent this year is the Hernandez brothers oh, love and rockets love and rockets you got it um, last year was their first inaugur- inaugural show okay it was hard and it was they actually had it in this really cool building that was three floors if I remember correctly okay cool so the basement was like a little bar area but then you know, on the main floor when you walked into like the main ballroom they had artists they like it, it was kind of like it was like a ballroom and they had balcony so they had artists all throughout the ballroom area, but then you can go up the stairs and go to the balcony area, and they had more artists. And then if you went, to, it was like discovering all of this talent walking throughout this crazy building. So mm. each floor you went to, it was like another level of just you know all these different talented people showing off whatever they were working on at that time, or selling you know what books and comics and anything that they had been working on. Even I had there was some guys there just doing art. That's how we, we, I discovered Brett. You know, he'd been at our store yeah. years and years ago, but he had changed so much, and his art style had changed so much that he was doing the cam- canvas paintings and sculptures. Mm-hmm. And I didn't... Mm-hmm. I walked up to his booth last year and was just floored by what he was doing. Like, so you can wow. discover just crazy cool stuff there you wouldn't expect to see anywhere else. It's, not, it's very much not a mainstream show because it's not... You're not going to see a yeah, lot of DC Marvel. Stuff, yeah. It's going to be mostly all independent stuff. But it's definitely well worth going to because you will see stuff that's not what you're typically normal used, normal used to seeing and you could find some really good talent in there. You could find some really good books that might actually interest you. Really good art that might interest you. Really good, you know, writers. You get to talk to the people and get to really get 
up front with them. And do we know what day that actually is? It was April eighth and ninth. And ninth, okay. And uh, and we are we're actually a vendor and a sponsor, correct? Yeah. So okay. Charlie Lagreca, who actually was one of the founding members of Denver Comic Con, mm-hmm. he him and uh, Frank Romero put together Denver Comic Con initially. They don't really have a whole lot to do with it anymore, and. And Charlie's always been more on the independent side of comics anyway, so he decided that this is kind of what he wanted to do with mm. with with his time in comics. Um, so he contacted me and said, hey, I really, really, really want you to be a part of this. I think you'll really, really dig it. You know, come come, come, have a booth with us. I, what, what do I got to do to get you in a car today is kind of how he said right. it to me. <laughs> he said, I, I, I thought this was going to be definitely more talent, you know, and not really publishers and not really vendors and that kind of stuff. I thought it was going to be more, you know, artists, writers, creators, that kind of stuff. So that's right. why I didn't pursue doing a show. But... When Charlie came to me and he said, "Hey, I, there's really only a few few people I've invited that are stores, and you're one of them. You should come out and do this. Just you know, it'll be really cool, hmm. and it'd be cool to have you." So, so we talked about it and decided it was you know why not? It's a weekend. Go do it to it. Go check it out and see. And you know, we get to advertise the store because really all of these shows are basically advertising for us more than anything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why we end up doing stuff like this anyway. I got nothing on their site. <laughs> nothing. On their nothing. Site. They they must like to be just. Well, they are right. they are April eighth and ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, for this year, 2017. If so, if you're listening to this in the future, this is long past. It's going to be past. <laughs> oh, 2017, too. Oh, 2017. Yeah. Yes. So. so, but yeah, definitely come check it out. We do have tickets here for sale for the next couple of weeks. If you hear this, mm-hmm. it might be only a few days left, but we have discounted tickets available here at the store mm-hmm. that you can purchase for this. And like I said, it's only a Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. It's not an all-day con, and it's not. It's more a little more low-key. It's not going to be run you over with... <laughs> right. You know, you and 150,000 of your friends walking on your face. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That sounds that sounds awesome. It's yeah. it's definitely going to be cool. Excellent. So right. it's Denver's yeah. Indie Comic and Art Expo. There you go. I know. Yeah, it says on their website, D- Dink Denver's. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, it's weird, but it's okay. But it's a it's a cool it's a cool name. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. So uh, another thing uh, I uh, always want to bring up that uh, we are doing the I Want More Comics Book Club. Uh, when you are going to be hearing this, it'll probably be the day of or the day after. Correct. Yeah. But so I can tell the people out there right now, you get this now. Yeah. Jump the in next, now. For the the next, next one that we're going to be doing is going to be Kurt Busiek's Astro City. Volume One: Life in the City. Uh, we're going to be doing Great book. Uh, yeah, that one is going to be the next one that we're going to be doing. It's one of those runs I have every single comic. I love Astro City. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really good, and we're going to be doing that on April twenty seventh, uh, six thirty p.m. to seven thirty p.m. here at the store. Uh, again, we're going to do the exact same thing where we've always done. Uh, we're going to do twenty five percent off for uh, everybody. 30% off for hold slots if you'd like to partake and join in that. And of course, you don't need to buy the book to mm-hmm. participate. Nope. If you already have the book or the issues or anything like that, you'd come talk about it. But this is one of the most underrated superhero uh, comic books out there. It is just a love letter to all comics. Who's the, who's the writer? Uh, Kurt Busiek. Okay, okay. Kurt Busiek. Uh, and this series is the series he's been doing since 96. 
from Image, and it's jumped over to Vertigo right now. And the entire uh, series is about his love of uh, comic books and superheroes. Uh, he was one of the first people to do like a huge crossover in just one book across a couple. Um, he. Uh, uh, it's a love letter to to Silver Age, Golden Age, mm-hmm. uh, Current Age stuff. There's tons of uh, archetypes and analogs to other comics, uh, both DC and Marvel. But the way he does it is really, really um, awesome. So if you like comic books, you'll like this book. And especially if you like superhero comics, this is going to be bread and butter. Interesting. Bread and butter. Bread and butter. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I can't great. wait. And if you are hearing this and you haven't gone to a book club, jump on it now. You're the first to hear it. Yep. You have plenty of time to read the book if you want to read the book. And I yes. think it, it it's I'm excited about the next one. I think it's going to be. A I good think th- it's going to be really cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it probably already happened, but we're doing Criminal by Ed Brubaker. So mm-hmm. even if you want to like still check out the comics that we're picking up, Criminal yeah. Coward by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. It's mm-hmm. a great book. Highly recommend just reading it by itself. So. Yeah, definitely check out our uh, book club and uh, and come talk to us about it. Yep, absolutely free. Just show up. All right. Uh, do we want to get into... Uh, yeah. Let's get into our picks of the week, because I think we're going to have some fun ones to talk about here. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Um, Pow. I'll go first. I'm going to do I first. I think we should start with Sean. You want to start with Sean? You start yeah. with me. All right, let's start with I mean, Sean. Let's start with Sean. What, what is it with you guys and starting with me? Because and they don't sit there with your head and your hands. Because this is your like episode that. today. Why is it my it's episode? So, so, I will so fight can, you both. So we can we can take a break and have some espressos. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, God, espresso. <laughs> Where's my espresso? <laughs> espresso, sorry. Um, so my my pick of the week is American Gods. Uh, this was originally based off a book by Neil Gaiman. Uh, that is an original book. I love the hell out of it. I, I love this. It's book. a classic. So, mm-hmm. classic by our standards, anyway. I don't know who would, who else would consider it a classic. Hopefully, other people do. If you're that's pretty known it. as a classic, but yeah, <laughs> the book itself, yeah, yeah the novel. Yeah. yeah. So they're getting ready to do it. Well, they have adapted it, and they're going to have a TV show coming out with Showtime. excellent trailers right now. They're just yes. oh yeah, yes. they're cool. wacky. They're crazy. So so imagine. That's it. What's the best way to explain this book? So imagine if, like any 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 kind of religion or theology or that kind of stuff, you know that was that was your gods, mm-hmm. that was what was held in high regard, and slowly over time that starts to whittle away, and the new gods end up being technology, or you know end up being the media or celebrities. Those end up becoming the new gods. The things that we worship as a yeah, society. Yeah. So the things that are, the ideology that we put into that kind of stuff. And the new gods and the old gods start to go to war. So, because the old gods don't want to be forgotten, since everybody's kind of like, well, that stuff I used to pay attention to. I don't, I don't pay attention to the old right. gods anymore. I pay attention to my TV celebrities now. Correct. So, that's the, the basic plot between the whole, for the whole story, is you're going to follow this gentleman who just got out of jail named Shadow. Named Shadow, yeah. And he gets involved in this war. Yes. Unknowingly. And he meets a character named Mr. Wednesday, which is. Great name. <laughs> yeah, what's the actor that's playing him? Uh, Ian McShane. Name? Yeah, I cannot remember his name. And when I saw that, I went, "This is awesome." Yeah, already. I was, he's I was like, "Sweet!" I can yes. totally see yes. him as that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's the book. So far, the comic is 
it's an adaptation. It's, it's an adaptation. It's not. It's not so game it's not and a writing continuation it. or no. anything like that. It's just an adaptation. It's an adaptation. It. Yeah, it's not game and actually writing it. Like he wrote the original content, yeah. but this mm-hmm. is being adapted from his work. Yeah, and it's, and it's done by Pete Craig Russell. He's overseeing the whole. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. He always gets to. Right. Yeah. No. And Pete Craig <laughs> Russell is one of the only people. In fact, if I remember correctly, he is the only person who has written Sandman outside of Neil Gaiman. That Neil Gaiman said can write Sandman. Dream Hunters. It, yeah. Is is Pete Craig Russell? Was he the one so. who did uh, Death in Action Comics? No, that was Paul well, Cornell. Okay, but but because Paul but Cornell was the he, one of the only people that ever used that character outside of yes, yes, outside of Sam. Yes. But Pete Craig Russell has drawn for Neil Gaiman before. He's written for Neil Gaiman before, so this is not a new thing. Mm. It's gotcha. his it's his go to guy when it comes to if I'm not going to write it, this guy will write it. Mm. Yeah, so they're adap- it's a Dark Horse Comics that's adapting it. Yep. And what do you think of the comic then? You I like the comic it? a lot. It's definitely. Um, I like the imagery for sure. The imagery is great. The comic is very much like I've read the novel a couple times, and the comic is. I don't want to call it cliff notes, but right. it's definitely a. Uh, you're gonna have you have to cut out a lot. It's of a it. condensed. It's a complete yeah. different medium. So you there's you, you got to pick and choose yeah. what you're gonna want to actually put it in because mm-hmm. you're not gonna be doing this book for years and years and years. Obviously, right. so they they planned this as a more of a mini series than ongoing series. That's right. what it is. Okay. So the book is. I, I liked it. I thought they. I thought they did well with the adaptation, and I am happily going to read the rest of them. Yeah. Well, and then also uh, they came out with three different covers, all which were really cool. My favorite was the Glenn Fabry one. I just absolutely love Glenn Fabry and him doing the cover A for that book. I, I picked it up as yeah, well. All three covers were good. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, if you like, of course, if you like Sandman, you need to pick it up. If you like. Some more if you like the, abstract um, yeah. mythology tales, you might like this. Yes, yes, and uh, and yeah, it's it's a fascinating book. It's a fascinating story. You can look up interviews with Neil Gaiman where he talks about um, him writing the book. Uh, it was when he moved here in America in the um, early '90s, and him discovering America made him want to write this book. So it's kind of like a love letter to America and our mythology from a British person's perspective too okay so uh, like I said there's a lot of depth in there that's why they call it American Gods right alright so so yeah it's it, you definitely check it out yeah, uh, it's yeah. sold out already you can't get it well, well we ordered well, I ordered more like with that Wednesday when they dropped I ordered more of each cover because gotcha. I, I I watched the first four customers come up with every single cover and I was like yeah I should just go ahead and order more now right. if they're available and they were there so, so I was yeah throwing down my Mooney yeah <laughs> and um, so we might ha- we should have some available if you yeah I should have some yeah. some available hopefully tomorrow uh, it's um, not going to be anything to these people yeah well there's some definitely right. we're on, talking to future people remember okay so. future people just yeah. give us a call. Just yeah. give us a call. <laughs> give us a um, ring. And also, because I bought this for Christmas, just so the listeners can know, they've recently re-released American Gods in a really cool paperback that uses old 70s-like art. And uh, it's going to be his uh, definitive edition that they did a couple years ago, but they only but they brought it out for 10 bucks. Oh, nice. for, for the entire book. Um, and the previous one was like 25 bucks because it has the author's preferred text and stuff. So if you want to read the book, go to Barnes Noble, check that out. It's 10 bucks. Awesome looking paperback. That so. might be something I do. There you go. All right. All right. So now I want to go. You should go now. All right. I want Richie to go. I don't really like listening to you. Oh, come on. <laughs> man. I think you should probably wait. I feel like All I right, ramble on. 
<laughs> I do rail. He's 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 the head here, so he well, choose. That's true. You are the guy. So uh, my pick was. It's fun. Best for last, baby. Best for last. <laughs> my pick was uh, Batwoman. And uh, and this is the first issue that they've done uh, outside of their rebirth or their reborn issue. So for me, it, I thought it was it was important that they hold up the story and and you know keep me intrigued. And they absolutely do that here. Uh, artwork is killer. The story again, completely. I don't know how to. Well, the artist is Steve Epting. Yes. And he's the one who did a lot of the Captain America uh, with Ed Brubaker, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't read this book yet. It's to me, it's. I've read all the other Batwoman. Just I was going to say, this, I know that this is one of your favorite, this. your favorite iterations of a Batman character, Batman as the only Batman. Yeah, <laughs> that's character. not that's not true. But I do hold her in high regard. I do like all those other a ones lot. are just made to have this character come out and like win the day, really. <laughs> so no. <laughs> I'm not even. They I'm were the not, poor. They were the poor male models that were what? used <laughs> that to get know. the superior female to come out and win the day. I can't. I don't know if I want to argue that or not. But <laughs> how quickly can I derail this conversation? <laughs> you did real, real good. Real yeah, you good. did. I'm so, so anyway, that woman. Where what? were you at with this? What? <laughs> did you, what? Did you like it? I did. I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was, and it's, it's a simple read, which means there's not. I don't think there's much... There's nothing happening yet. They're building to something. Sure. There's a little bit of intrigue, a lot of mystery, and there's also monsters in this. And, again, uh, it's written by Margaret Bennett and uh, James Tinian. Mm. And yep. both I really enjoy. And I think both really love the character. Oh, yeah. So I think it's true to the character. I think it's... It's, and that's important with Batwoman because she's still kind of being molded, I feel. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoyed Tinian's run in Detective Comics with her, yes, yes. I think that this bleeds right into that. And it's kind of like a perfect pass into Absolutely. something that she deserves justly her own her own issue mm-hmm. and series. And I think that the beginnings of this world are are engaging enough that I want more. Yeah. So. Uh, one of the interesting things we may have to do for some other podcast, we don't need to do it tonight, mm-hmm. but but when this came out, um, there was a lot of feedback from people mm-hmm. that they said they just didn't like the character. Yes. Which and, I, I, yeah, we and talked it's, about And it's this, an yes. interesting, and I would love to have a discussion about that, about um, all the different facets of that. Mm-hmm. Because... What, not liking Batwoman? Yeah. A lot of, because a lot of people, uh, not, I mean, I'm going to say some people, the feedback was, it's a Batman knockoff. Which um, is, it's not as I would good. call incorrect. Um, uh, and some people said it's not as good as Batman, so why should I read it? Also incorrect. Um, and a lot of people said, I don't like offshoot characters. That's fine. Uh, which, which, you know, it was an interesting conversation we had with some people because uh, Beta Ray Bill also got brought up. Mm-hmm. They're like, I've never liked Beta Ray Bill because he's a not as good Thor. And I was like, well, well they're diff- they're supporting characters. They're which different. Which Frog Thor? Uh, that was just a fun thing that they did in Walt Simonson. Right? Croaky. <laughs> Just kidding. But then, but then, 
I think that, <laughs> but I thought that what Greg Rucka did with his the way he bringing her it. in was just uh, fantastic. That's what hooked mm-hmm. me in. Right. And and this has been going on for years. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, she's not a new character See, that just came out of the, nowhere. The Williams arts, what? James Williams, Greg Rucka. Holy God. <laughs> I th- I think that they really. And the thing that I loved about this was one that one of my all time favorite covers is still one of Amy Reader's as hmm? the cover of her uh, overlooking the hospital. Oh yeah, and just awesome. Well, and that's things that is that this is using pre-existing Batman lore, yes, and and adding to it. This is very Jeff Johns to me. Yeah, you take something that it was has been around for a long time in Batman, um, the yeah. the Kane family, mm-hmm. and adding to it. Somebody, so, so yeah. I, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. If it was just like, there. if it was just like, oh, she's related to Batman, isn't that wacky? And that's never happened before ever. Right. But it's been going on since the Golden Age. Correct. So, so that you can go with Batman all the way to the 1950s. Yeah, it's and, fine. and and there's been this kind of connection with Batwoman and um, another family that mm-hmm. has connections. Mm-hmm. So to me, like I said, it was. Yeah, I agree completely. So. The Jeff Johns angle is the perfect way to describe it. Is it just hooks you, especially for. For longtime Batman fans like me, I it carries more weight when you add continuity yeah. to the situation. Yeah. When you're like, it's already in the sandbox. I'm just showing it to you. Yes, exactly. We're, we're looking at it. So yeah. Uh, again, excellent book. If you haven't jumped on these, again, it's the number one. So I'll keep you posted if it holds my interest. But currently, I'm on board. Next week, he's talking about Crokey. Crokey's coming up next. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, Zach. All right, so my pick of the week is going to be uh, The Forever War, number two. Uh, I just want to tell a little quick story about this. This is based off the Hugo Award-winning novel, uh, The Forever War, by Joe Halderman. Uh, It's known as one of the classics of science fiction. And uh, this is going to be the comic adaptation of that. It's going to be done by Joe Halderman, and the art is done by Marvano. The uh, let's say with gusto, Marvano. 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 Uh, I absolutely love the novel. I thought it was fantastic, and this mm-hmm. is going to be one of those uh, translations of a European comic. This okay. originally came out in France uh, a couple of years ago. A European. Uh, oh, so it's it's okay. So this was a European comic, and it's come and it's translated. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's been translated here into English mm-hmm. uh, by Titan Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the basic story about this is a guy is drafted into an interstellar war where they have to go off and fight these aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only problem is that he doesn't want to do the war. And because of physics, whenever you go further in space, time changes. Mm-hmm. So if for him, it's like, oh, we're going to be gone for three months. But on Earth, 20 years has passed. Oh. So every time that he comes back from these war... Uh, from this war, mm-hmm. things keep changing. It's more and more disconnected. It gets more and more disconnected. Wow. And this is an analogy for the Vietnam War. Joe Halderman was in the Vietnam War, and this is going to be kind of his take on the coming back from Vietnam and not getting the support, you know, the, 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 the people throwing stuff at Vietnam vets and all that kind of, that disconnection that they felt. That's incredible. Um, and, and they're doing it through just space aliens and, uh, you know, suit fighting on different planets so it's still a, a fun read when it comes to science fiction but there's some some deeper themes in there so so it's like so he's kind of going into PTSD and then like expanding on that with not only do, are you disconnected personally but you're yes. disconnected by life in general yes that's incredible yes how, how do you find love if when you leave they're going to be dead next time you show up 
Huh. So that's <laughs> dude, that's super. I see real. a lot of one night stands. The, it's, yeah, it's, it, the the book is fantastic. Uh, this comic so far has been a, um, adapting it really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two adaptations on this uh, podcast tonight, which is pretty cool. It's pretty good. Uh, if you've never read the book, this is going to be a good adaptation of it. I would highly recommend reading the book. It's not super long. It's about three hundred pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good. It's one of my favorites when it comes to science fiction. If you're a fan of John. Scalzi, who's another one of my favorite science fiction writers, uh, it's going to be in that same vein. So, uh, Titan Comics is the one who's putting it out. Issue 2 is out right now. Titan, we've talked about them before. What else? Yeah, uh, yeah they've Sky done. Skydoll, uh, which yeah, we and, just did. And Call. Call, right? Yep, Call. yep. Uh, they're, they're becoming a really cool publisher when it comes to uh, science fiction and fantasy stuff. They mm-hmm. also did these um, beautiful Elric hardcovers, which I'm hoping they repress and we get back in stock because <laughs> they're awesome. So, they did Penny Dreadful, they did Doctor Who, they did Sherlock Holmes, they do all kinds oh, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. They do all different so. kinds of stuff. They're the ones who also published the Star Wars magazine. So they're becoming a really cool little publisher, and then bringing over the European comics and translating them into English is just um, great. So uh, check this out. Check out the novel. I don't think you'll be disappointed if you like science fiction. That's a great pick. And with that, I believe we will head on to a very somber uh, Spinning the Rex. Spinning the Rex! Spinning the racks. So in uh, spinning the racks, we're going to be talking about the uh, sad, sad uh, passing of Bernie Wrights in this past week. Yeah. Uh, he was one of my absolute favorite artists ever. Yeah. He uh, he had been sick. Uh, he had been diagnosed with brain cancer. And just, just a month ago, they announced that he wouldn't be doing any more shows or any more um, sketches or anything like that for fans. Funny thing, though, he was still working in the hospital. He was, yeah. Just because it was what he loved to do, and it kept him... That's kind of what kept him That's going. what he did. It's crazy. So, uh, they announced that last last month, and then he passed away this past week. I was up uh, just hanging out on my day off, actually, at home, and I was on the was computer. Night, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I think so. yep. And at 1 o'clock in the morning... I looked, and, it, and his wife had announced that he had passed away. Um, hmm. Now, for the people who don't know who Bernie Wrightson is, he is one of the um, icons of horror comics and of comics. He's one of the of the Swamp Thing. Yep, he's one of the co-creators of Swamp Thing. That's going to be one of the big things that he's known for. He did the art for Swamp Thing. Yep. Yeah. Created the character. He actually created Destiny, too. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, that yeah. It was oh. used in Sandman mm-hmm. much later. Mm-hmm. So. He's yeah, he's a legend when it comes to comic books. And for those that haven't experienced Bernie Wrightson, um, like I, uh, I've said before, we uh, I was introduced to him here on the podcast. I'm pretty sure we can find the podcast that that happened. Um, mm. And when I was gifted with those visuals, what I, I noticed first was how vast it was. It was a bedlam of um, just it. I don't know. Words like using words like bedlam in a, in a sentence. I know, I know. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> Are you trying to figure out what his art style is? That yeah, like? like it was. It was so much. There was so much. Uh, it's to full look lush at. and complex. Right. It yeah, is very. It, was, it is very. Yeah. It was just a ton of intricate pieced artwork, kind of slammed together. That was that turned into this hyper realization of yes. life. You know who? Well, you know who one of his pupils are? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Kelly Jones. Oh yeah. Kelly Jones yeah. is is 
at the altar. Of well, you know, you know where you know where Wrightson got his his inspiration from. Will it's Eisner. a big one. No, <laughs> Frank Frazetta. Oh, Frank Frazetta. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very apparent if you look yeah. at kind of how he draws arms. And sure, that makes sense. Well, that makes and sense. I'm just saying that this. Every time I look at even a single panel, well, like, of his like, work. Like I showed you on my phone right now, I have a panel from Frank or from a uh, Frankenstein Alive which Alive. Which is what he was working on. Which is what he right. kind of had been working on off and on yeah. for the last few years. And that one panel, you get to see all these test tubes and oh, yeah. just the the shading and the just how deep everything is in this page mm-hmm. you would feel bad if you actually put inks over the top of it yeah yes. that book was actually repro- reproduced as only pencils yeah when they I w- originally did it yes. there was no inks in there I would agree unless he brushed it himself there are artists shading. on this planet that when you do illustration when they just do the sketch that 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 means the artwork is done if you had anything else you're taking away from the raw talent and yes. Bernie Wrightson might be the perfect example of that absolutely every time I Every time I look at his yeah, artwork, to me, this the would be it would be a holy grail to have one of his pages for me. Oh man, Absolutely. that, that would so be great. a holy grail. That's how much Doesn't I love Wayne his artwork. Did Wayne have one? Probably, because Wayne's a. No, but didn't he have one? <laughs> Wayne's We're a not great friends guy. anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying that I thought Outbids he had one of the. me on an invincible page. Ooh, that son weird. of a. <laughs> I thought he had one, the Frankenstein one in his shop. It's possible. I think he had one hanging up. But yeah, yeah if, if if you're at a at some place where you can check it out, or if you can look up Bernie Wrights and Frankenstein on Google. Google it yeah. and just oh enjoy. Just, Google just Bernie Wrightson and just it is. enjoy for the next hour. Yeah, he, you, you um, can look at one single image and appreciate. So and appreciate, super detailed. Appreciate. Yes. Just keep zooming in. Like, yeah. are you serious? And I don't know that there's anybody that does horror quite like he does. No, he was. He's one of the. Was Bernie the, the one that you and I were talking about? How he does ooze. Yes. Yes. Even just like just how something a, oozy looking. Right. Here, how it, lo- it looks liquidated. Real. It yeah. absolutely looks like it's sweating off the page mm-hmm. almost. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, with the man who started his work in uh, was it House of Mystery or Secrets? I think it was House what of. Say? You know, you're. It's a House of Mystery. Because he was. He worked. He worked on both. He did work on both. Yeah. yeah. But you know that you're. you're so it was House of Mystery 179, 1968. There you go. Yeah. You know your destiny is in horror when you can illustrate mucus <laughs> and it can feel sticky yeah. while you're just staring at it. Yeah. And it's just pencils. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he's the one who um, was the co-creator of Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Along with Len Wein, back to that mucus thing. Yep. yep. So, mm-hmm. so if you're a fan of Swamp Thing, he is your uh, other co-creator there. Right. Uh, and anybody who's read the original Swamp Thing stuff, that's all his art. Oh, yeah. I was, was going to say know, he also did the the poster for Creepshow. Oh yes, he did. Yep. Stephen King. Yes, he did. Swamp Thing. Uh, he also did some of the work inside of the books for uh-huh. Stephen King uh-huh. as well. Mm-hmm. For when the little kids reading him and all that stuff. When you brought up Swamp Thing, it just Where's totally. Where's my cake? <laughs> Want my cake? Yes. Well, but he also did. He also did. A lot of the chapter things, and I believe it's the stand, and I think in one of the Dark Tower mm-hmm. books as well, mm-hmm. he did the art in some of the oh, wow. uh, Stephen King stuff that he actually. Dark Tower Five. Well, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, Dark Tower Five. Yeah, uh, he he was on the list of people that uh, Stephen King's like. I want a little bit of art for my books mm-hmm. every once in a while, and he would ask Bernie Wrightson to. When Bernie Wrightson passed away, Stephen King actually put out a thing about how cool he was and. And all that is cool. But, yeah, so if you've read Stephen King, you've probably seen some of his work as well. So, like, when you guys brought up Swamp Thing, I was going to say that every illustration you've seen of Swamp Thing, if it hasn't been Bernie, you can see where when they created Swamp Thing, they had this idea of this 
swamp-like creature, like almost a ghillie suit style, branched, you know, stuff hanging off of him at all times. And then when other pe- in other people's hands, he becomes almost more solidified. And I think it's every artist's dream to be able to illustrate a swamp thing as good as the original. Yeah, because those For those sure. those original swamp things are why I think that even that look comes through. Oh, sure. You know, absolutely. Yeah. No. Uh... Yeah, if, if, if you've... He's a very distinct style, and once you see it, you're not going to forget it. You oh. can you can pick that out. Yeah. And... Well, the only, I think the only person that... Because the, the person I see that his style kind of mirrors in, like you were talking to uh, Kelly Jones. Kelly Jones, yeah. I think Eric Powell. Eric Powell, yes. Okay. So also, you look, you yeah, look yeah. at, uh, like, the Spook House stuff he was doing and Goon and yep. some of that. I mean... Sure. His stuff, you sure. can see the influence from me... Oh, no, no, yeah. I get it. Well, and also I get a early Neil Adams vibe. Yes. Um, the, 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 the intricate detail, the realism of it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it. It's, you see, and, and it's, and it's, and it's kind of um, stupid to say it this way, but it is, he is both super realistic and super stylized. Correct. You know what I, I mean? Well, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do like Bernie Wrightson and try to right. even yeah, I have, yeah, try to can. do it yes it's but but yet like you were talking about swamp thing doable. looks like a swamp correct it doesn't look like a man in a suit it doesn't uh, look like um, just a blob it looks like swamp what swamp thing would look thing. like you know I don't know it, it's hard to describe it it's and then he draws the way that he's drawn stuff like if you look at the Frankenstein you see the the way the Frankenstein looks you see like he was saying like Sean was saying the test tubes they look like real test tubes. <laughs> yeah, when you can draw a spiral test tube inside another bigger test tube, and right. you can tell that they're both supposed to be test tubes yeah. on a black and white piece yes. with the shading and the lighting right. and how and, he draws it. there's something and standing behind and, those test tubes. Because yep. test tubes are usually, the glass test tubes are made to be precise. They're precise mm-hmm. instrumentation. And he draws them to look like they're precise instrumentation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Bernie writes in, uh, the only, like, it was... His artwork is so jaw-droppingly impactful that it, when you showed me his artwork, not only could I point out a Bernie Wrightson illustration out of, out of a lineup, which would be way easy, but I know immediately who he is. He locks immediately as a legend in your head. Yes. It was kind of, the same thing happened to me when I first saw an Alex Ross. still just learning. I know. Still but just learning. When I, when I first <laughs> saw an Alex Ross, I was like, I've never seen anything like that you know yeah and I then I own that <laughs> and then I uh, I knew immediately every day you know for the rest of my life I will know what who Alex Ross is and it's right. the same with Bernie Wrights yeah they're very distinct I mean when you can get a distinct, distinct artist like that they can they can really capture your eye every time you see yeah. them for sure I mean that's that's not even hard that is it's almost why you want to get into something like comic books or something it's it's Bernie that showed you what this could be well mm-hmm. even he's even translated comics book comic oh books god too. absolutely so something that maybe zach doesn't know and uh zach is a, a fan of this here but he's done conce- uh, concept art for movies okay so what's a movie that you near and dear love that maybe you didn't know he did concept art on thing no. but that, that was too awesome. easy <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i mean since sean's asking me it has to be one of my favorites so i'm gonna say something like 
Robocop? Ghostbusters. Oh. Ooh. Oh, I love Ghostbusters. He did the conceptual art for Ghostbusters. I did oh, not really? know that. But he also did it for the faculty, oh. Galaxy Quest, Spider-Man, George Romero's Land of the Dead, and Which Frank Darabont's the Frank Darabont Stephen King film, The Mist. Oh. He did concept sweet. art for all those. That Which Spider-Man? Awesome. Just the, the Spider-Man. Uh, the Spider-Man. Yeah. With the Steve the Sam Raimi one from yes. 2002. Awesome. So does that mean that he But he's also worked on Spider-Man, Batman, Punisher is he behind in comics. Slimer? Like the visuals he of Slimer? Probably did the concept there art for it. Yes. Yep. yes, he was. Because like for movies that. and stuff, they hired a bunch of different Correct, artists to yeah. work on different things. Sure. But you could see that he possibly I could totally, had something there to do with that. There were like one of the, a few of those ghosts that just kind of float around. I well, the totally ghost, see Bernie. the library lady, I guarantee you. Right. <laughs> like that's What's just, her, that they actually gave her a name. Cool. I don't remember what it is. Now. Oh, my brother would know for sure. <laughs> know, your brother is. Oh, he's probably screaming at the podcast right now. Why wouldn't you know? You're my brother. And for you. One of the big ones that he did, and we have another friend who absolutely loves the series, mm. Batman the Cult. Oh, oh yeah, he's I, he's one of the mm. artists on that. I got the yeah. book. Yeah, it's one of the Batman books I have. Really well, good. Not because I like Batman. It's a really good book. I'm sure. And the illustrations were fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure they're great. Yeah, I'll never I mean know. he's 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 worked on so much <laughs> so stuff. Um, yeah, if you just look down his list of what he's uh, worked on. It's it's crazy. So what does he leave behind? Well, I mean, he's going to leave behind a legacy of being one of the best artists in comics. Mm-hmm. Well, his contemporaries at the time that he was really getting started was like Kaluta, yeah, who was a different style altogether. Yes. But him, Kaluta, and uh, Barry Windsor Smith all had a studio Barry together. Smith, yeah. So they like Kaluta's line work is so fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more. It's a more of a fine pin, but that he's still detailed as well. But his stuff is very much more. It's very tight. His pen. Right. His his uh, lines are super tight. You know. Okay. And uh, Barry Windsor Smith has his own complete style as well. Like right. you can tell because when he did his work in the X Men, mm-hmm. it jumped from one to his style <laughs> to you know still looking like a comic book style. Right. But his stuff always stood out to me because he had such a distinct look. And right. So all three of those artists forming together and being contemporaries at the same time they all had different vast styles mm-hmm. you know and to me they're all different artists that you could always look at and pick out absolutely so what he left behind is he, he absolutely left behind a definition of I mean people are going to tie him into stuff like the horror work he's done yeah, because it's so course. it's so descriptive his work is so descriptive of what the the piece is that he's trying to tell mm-hmm. what the art is trying to say so yeah. looking at that kind of stuff, that you'll you'll always know what that is, and I think there's still going to be a lot of artists that discover him in the future, or people like yeah. you who oh, never absolutely. knew about him, right? And I see him and go, "Holy, you know, somebody else, right?" Because there's there's definitely still artists today. Like Windsor McKay was a big one for me when I first, and it was actually Amy Reader who pointed out Windsor McKay to me, and I went back and was like, "I have to see who this is." Right. And I went and looked at it and was like, oh, "Holy, holy shit, <laughs> right. this is cool!" Yeah, you know, because it was such a different thing, mm-hmm. and I really, it really grabbed me. And the first time I really sat down and discovered Will Eisner, I was like, "Holy crap, this is right. awesome!" Yeah, well, yeah. But I think Bernie's going to be one of those. Bernie's going to be one of those yeah. guys. Yeah, you know, it's going to be one of those artists that always will stand out well, yeah. because well, it's so distinct. Someone's going to hear a name and then fall down the rabbit hole that is Wrights and, yeah. and just so if somebody wants to check out Wrights and what would you say would be some good things Obviously, for Swamp them. Thing Swamp yeah. Thing yeah. Swamp if thing you can get your hand on any of his House of Mystery stuff mm-hmm. even if the stories are because the stories were early horror stuff and yeah. some of them like because since it was being published through DC like House of Mystery House of Secrets they were being published through DC the Cain and Abel stuff that they were doing at the time was kind of cool 
Mm-hmm. It was definitely cool, but it's not. It's not like because like the EC stuff that you could tell writes in a red and yes. was probably brought up on. Yeah, that was probably stuff he was reading when he was younger. Yeah, and he was like, "This is awesome! I gotta <laughs> go draw me some cool horror I'll, stuff." I'll, I'll I guarantee this. you that had something to do with his yes. life. Yeah. So because of that, you know, I would say the House of Mystery, House of Secret stuff sure. that he had worked yeah. on, you should definitely pick up if you can. Yeah, you can get him in the because they do the uh, what's the showcase edition? They do showcases, yeah, and you. You can get him the black and white versions of them. You get the way. black and white too. If they you can have, find Frankenstein alive, alive. Yeah, I was gonna say absolutely pick those up. I was gonna say, and that's and that's when many years ago when I was new and in, into this industry. It was like when he was you, Richie. When I was like you, Richie. Uh, Frankenstein. I'm older than you are. I just want. But I'm an 80 year old man. I know. Yeah, yes, you are. Yes, yes, 70 year old yes. body. Yes. And I have read so many comics. It's insane. But it is. Um. So is literally. Insane. So when that came out. Uh, uh, Frank's time alive, alive. Sean says you need to buy this, and then we had a hardcover. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not doing that. So, so hard, and there was a <laughs> no, hardcover. There was a hardcover that he brought out of, yes, I know what. of Frankenstein, which was his adaptation of. Um, well, it's not even it adaptation. Mary Shelley's it's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. It, it was. It it's was just a, the it novel. Was, it was the novel, but he did pieces inside the inside book. of it. Okay, and that is so. worth if you find it, just buy it. Don't worry about it just buy that book because it is so beautiful um that one is just like yeah it's out of print uh the frankenstein alive alive stuff is also hard to get because those were coming out and they were coming out i think there was only three like three or four or something like that was only three maybe it was like three yeah but and then we waited years for between those oh man and i still i kept that thing on the shelf and kept it ordering it until yes the next that you came out and then i finally heard that and it's worth the artwork is great like oh god why so so if you can (laughs) so if you can find that if it says frankenstein and bernie writes him yeah. Either one of those two, pick it up. Because the stuff he did there was r- just great. Breathtaking. I think that's some of the strongest stuff. Well, I, I love I love Swamp Thing. That's, Swamp Thing's that's great. kind of one They've, of my characters. They have the entire Bernie Wrightson co- uh, in one collection that you can buy of his original Which first includes stuff. the House of Secrets 92, which uh-huh. is the first appearance, into yeah. the actual right. issues. So. Yeah, so if you want something closer to the superhero I guess stuff you can pick that yeah, up yeah kinda it was still horror it was still horror <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but they've turned Swamp Thing now into such a well and that's yeah, it wasn't it was, that's it, this was all the prequel stuff this is all the prequel Moore had done. Yeah. that's yeah. why I was saying that everybody else wants to illustrate cause when Swamp Thing was illustrated you saw horror he wasn't gonna fit in anything but horror yeah no like it's a horror comic and yeah. then and then other people got a hold of him, and he starts molding more into the superhero element because these guys are used to drawing superhero stuff. Yes. And they can't get the muck and the grossness and the the that feel of not dread but eerie. You know. Yes. He's right. he's incredible at eerie. Oh yeah. Well, the, the thing I love. So I have a we have a couple. Well, I have one customer in particular who comes in on Thursday mornings before Zach gets here mm-hmm. every week, and he brings me some of the strangest stuff that I right. I will ever see. He'll bring me fans. Zines. Mm. And he'll bring me like the self-produced um, art books that Bernie Wrightson or whoever, and he's a Bernie Wrightson fan. And he would he would bring these in and sell them to me, you know. And I have to I have the hardest time looking this stuff up because it's something that maybe he only did a thousand copies of and he sold it to show somewhere. Right. And this guy has them because he just kind of finds this stuff because right. he, he enjoys the art so much that he'll 
sell them to me, and I've seen him rebuy them. Right. Because he missed it, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, like, Wrightson and a couple of the artists had been, they were doing, like, throughout the 70s, they were doing these little, like, fan magazines for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be them and a couple other friends that would get together, and they would do illustrations to either pitch to, to companies to do work, or, you know, so I guess Wrightson, I didn't know, had worked on coloring books. How interesting would that be? That'd be pretty, to get a rights and I would hate it. Like, nope, I can't color this. <laughs> That's not happening. Yeah, it's a sweet I'm hoping, sketch cook. <laughs> I'm seriously hoping that IDW does a full on because I don't remember. I would have bought it, and I don't think I own it. It's a Bernie Wrightson full on artist edition. Artist edition? Artist edition? Oh my they god! I don't remember. They have not done okay. it, yet, but you know what? I know they did Wally Wood because I bought that in a hot minute. Yeah, well, yes. I was gonna say that not to be cynical, yeah. but we're gonna get more Burning Right than the stuff right. that's gonna be coming. It's out. unfortunately because of his that's passing. It's, yeah. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah, so they're probably gonna bring out an artist edition. They'll probably redo some of this Frankenstein stuff mm-hmm. because it is some of the best stuff that he's done. So I'm sure you'll see more Burning Rights and stuff um, showing up. And then final thoughts on Bernie. Uh like I, he's we the did one, with Darwin he's Cup, one so. of the few no. artist writers that I never really had a chance to meet that I Yeah, that's a big I'm gonna yeah. regret that. Yeah, it's a big mm-hmm. bummer. So, uh that's that's a final thought for me. Yeah. <laughs> I I definitely agree. I've seen a lot of his work over the years because of Sean's exposure and then checking out his other stuff. He's a legend. Um and when you know, and we're not immortal. But when the legends go, it's pretty sad. Uh, he, unfortunately, the older you get, the people you've grown yep. up loving, are they're starting to disappear yep. at a exponential rate for me. Mm. And and I'm 42, and I know I'm not as old as some people that have been in this game. You know, right, yeah. some of our customers are in their 60s. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We still have RC Harvey that comes into the store. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's he's worked in Cracked and Mad, and he's done he's done tons he's of stuff. In Playboy. Yep. And the guy's well, been and, working, and he still comes in and buys comics from our store. Well, yeah. I'm humbled by the fact yeah. that he comes he to our comes store and buys yes. comics. And yeah, which is pretty cool. He's he's a super cool guy, but I mean, he's somebody else who is getting up there in years, and he's not going to be around forever. I mean. Mm-hmm. Dan the man's not going to be around. No, nope, that's true. That's you know, true. All these, all these Shut artists, mouth. all these artists that created <laughs> stuff that we all enjoy today, they are starting to disappear. Yeah, they are. Um, the one, the only thing that I hope that this podcast and this sad event will do, I hope more people check out Burning Rights and stuff. Uh, he, he is a legend, and. Uh, he, or if you if you find an artist you like, I mean yeah. seriously, yeah. go down that rabbit hole. Absolutely, look, yes. look it's the best rabbit hole do. to go down. Is yeah. just and and if you like horror stuff, if you like some of the more offbeat stuff, definitely check him out. And he, he will always be known as a master. Mm-hmm. But I definitely hope that he's. I think he will be a Will Eisner, uh, he, he a Frank Frazetta, somebody that will always be loved many years pa- uh, past his passing. And I hope more people check it out. Because it deserves it. It's yeah. it's some of the great comic book art out there. Well, I know that at least three people will be carrying that flag from here till the end of time. Yep. So I'll be spreading it as much as I that's can. That's right. Absolutely. All right. Well, Spread the love. next week we'll hopefully come with some better news and yes. happier times. Um, until then, definitely Google. Go check out some great artwork, and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Ghost Rider, motorcycle hero. So looking so cute Sneaking round, round, round In a blue jumpsuit Cruise rider, motorcycle, hero